0: Welcome back to the Bash Mania podcast. This is episode 160, and I am your host, as always, Justin Bash. On today's show, my man Yanni D is back on to talk about all that he's been up to recently, what's coming up next, freestyle versus folk style, NIL. I'm sure we'll dive into some other stuff, too. Before Yanni joins, I want to shout out our sponsor, Attack, as this show is brought to you by our friends at Attack. Attack's a workout app, but really so much more. They're an AI strength and conditioning coach, a nutritionist, and mentality mentor, all in one app, right in your pocket with you wherever you go. Your age, your goals, your program. Attack will help get you where you need to go. So download the attack app on the Apple App Store. It's A T A C. They're also attack.app on social. So give them a follow, watch some of the great content they share to help you get stronger, healthier, and better. And they have some top athletes involved, from Jordan Burroughs to Peyton Preston to Real Woods, you name it. They've got so many great wrestlers involved. So thank you, Attack, for sponsoring the show. With that said, let's dive in. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you are gonna do? What Bashamania? What's wild? Oh, it's gonna! a good one and business just picked up here on the podcast oh yeah yanni d how are you i'm good how you doing you know it's funny like we've been friends for a while my company obviously sponsors you and i still get crap from people on the internet that i write yanni d on stuff like when I make a graphic because of like the length of your last name, I'll just put like, let's say I make a quick graphic for like who's in the finals or who this, and I'm like Yanni D versus so-and-so. And there's literally comments almost every time. It's like, can you spell it out? It's Yakima Hollis. And <laughs> I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm like, well, I like the Yanni D
1: brand. No, I I think that's cooler. And it's like, it's, uh, it's the one name thing, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, like, you don't even have to put D. Like, Yanni is probably the most unique name. There's a couple unique names, but, like, that's got me. If you look at, like, some of the world team, it's like Jordan, David. Nobody has Yanni, so I like that. So I want to talk about last night you kind of reignited the freestyle folk style conversation, which is always fun because I'm on, I'm on your side. I think I spent 30 minutes at NCAAs at, like, 9am talking with Shane Sparks about why he likes folk style. So we'll get into that before we do. Let's talk a little bit about the season because you obviously had a great season. won another NCAA championship. Let's start with that championship. And I guess for me, one of the things I think about the most at NCAAs is obviously the video that went nuts, have some nuts, which by the way, if you're watching this, listening to this, those shirts are still available, right?
1: Yeah, they're, they're, gonna, they're up there now. So you can, you can get them you know, Go they'll, get they'll your be-
0: Have Some Nuts t-shirt. So what went into that? What went into like, because I know you, and you're one of the most analytical people I know when it comes to wrestling. And like, you're very critical on yourself. I don't think anybody's as big of a critic of you as you are. What went into that? Because there was like no time. Like he interviewed you right after the match, and you already had those thoughts like established.
1: It was literally like towards the end of the match. The match wasn't even over yet. And I was like, I can't believe this is how bad I'm wrestling right now. Not even bad. It wasn't like I was wrestling bad. I was just like, I can't believe this is like what I'm. No. I look, I look, it looked, I don't know what other people thought, but it felt very underwhelming. I was like, man, I'm wrestling so bad. I'm tired. I can't believe I'm tired. What am I tired for? All this like, blah, 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 blah. So I was, like, already stewing in my brain, like, walking. As soon as the match ended, I'm like, God, it Like, I was walking back towards Mike in the Ohio State coach's hands, and he just, like, had this face. And I was like, I know, I know. Like, no one, no one was happy about that. You know what I mean? It was just like, all right, you won, but whatever. It's and always – oh, go ahead. So, yeah, basically, like, I understand that match or that interview is walking off the mat, but I probably had a minute of just, like, marinating that little – Displeasure with how I wrestle.
0: It's so funny to me because I'm always amazed. And I think when JO was on here one of the last times, he mentioned about how much I think it was after Olympic trials actually, and he was breaking down matches. And he's telling me how much he's thinking during a match. And I'm like, it's crazy because, especially like a guy like you, you're scrambling and you're moving so quick that the to be able to keep up mentally with your match as you're going, are you doing that the whole time? Like how much is it just like go with the flow, especially like in the scrambles, like how much are you thinking about it versus what happens, happens
1: almost the whole time I'm using my brain, probably the entire match, like <laughs> I think going here and then it's going here. But it's like score, time, position. Oh, I faked and he did that. Like, oh, I grabbed him and he did that. Like, oh, he did that. I gotta do this. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's a lot of um subliminal self It's like I'm talking to myself. You know how yeah. you kinda of stuff out, you don't think about it. That's yeah. like what I'm doing in my head. I'm just letting my brain roll as the match is going. So and like Jordan, like brought Jordan, he does the same thing. He'll fake and be like, oh, that guy did that, and he'll fake again and be like, oh, he did that again, and then take it, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, but for me, uh, it, it helps me, you know what I mean? Because I, I try to notice what a guys doing, when I try to pick up on how his feet are moving, what his hands are doing, what is, what his stance height is like, you know, all these things, what's going through his head. And I try to get all that rolling wall am wrestling, right? Because those are all, they're all things I can use. You know what I mean? They're all going to do different things for me, depending on what I'm trying.
0: Do you, obviously winning another championship is amazing, and my thought would be that your finals match was your favorite match but out of the five matches you wrestled did you have a favorite one where you liked the way you wrestled the best
1: i think i only liked the way i wrestled in the finals
0: if i'm being honest
1: it wasn't like i was wrestling bad it just i don't know it's like i I would walk off the mat be like that was fine you know what i mean it and that's like it's a little bit unfair right is it
0: straight work. score like is it straight like if i don't tech i'm not happy or like what is it that it's just like
1: it feels a certain way So, like like i have a hard time watching the other ones because you know if you watch yourself do something bad it's like oh,
0: the worst every podcast like, that's how i feel
1: <laughs> right no but they're good like <laughs> if podcast you're you're not watching yeah And you might even be like, wow, this is horrible. In the middle of it. Yeah, yep. Same same, same kind of feeling. And it it was like, but it wasn't like I could sit here and be like, oh, well, you know, this wasn't, I wasn't doing this right. It wasn't like I was doing something wrong. It just, it just didn't, it didn't feel right. Like, I understood the level of wrestling that I could have been doing. Yeah. And I wasn't really doing that. You know what I mean? And then in the final. My thought process is like, well, I've been wrestling horrible all weekend, so not horrible, but I'm a little harder on myself, you know, at times. But I was like, all right, I have been wrestling great all weekend. Might as well finish this one good. (laughs) (laughs) That, then I I wrestled a lot better in finals.
0: One thing that was interesting to me about your season this year, and I'm always amazed. I love working with athletes like you who are so focused and. It's funny because you have such a, a respect for other people. And even for me, you're like, you asked me for something on the website, like the week of NCAAs. And you're like, listen, I know it's NCAAs. You're traveling this and that, so don't worry about it. I'm like, me? Like, I'm just traveling to go watching out, talk, whatever. You're preparing to compete and also dealing with these things. What was it like having NIL this year, dealing with sponsors, kind of growing your brand? And I don't think people realize that sometimes... I was sending a wrestler today, a contract that somebody sent him and I'm in my head. I'm like, man, it's really almost becoming like being a CEO as you're an athlete because running your deals and coordinating stuff and dealing with the finances and fulfilling your obligations is a lot. What was that like this year for you? No, I mean, we make the joke,
1: me and Vito, like all the other guys who are sponsored by Spartan are like our coworkers now, (laughs) but it, It was, there was a point where it was stressful and I don't know who said it to me, if it was Kyle or I just kind of figured it out myself or maybe one of the other guys in the Olympics, but I was just like, you know, this would be so much cooler if I just let myself enjoy it instead of like stressing about it. Yeah. So now, especially because me, I'm very obsessive, especially about wrestling, which is probably a gift. The point where I've got everyone probably like, all right, like put it, put it down, just think about something else. Like, don't worry about it. So... I'll, I'll If I'm really wound up about like, oh, I got a big match this weekend and for whatever reason, if I'm getting wound up or I'm getting anxious or excited, I'll be like, well, you know, I, I need something to occupy my mind. If it's not school, like, you know, if I don't have any homework, if I don't have any tests coming up, then like, what am I going to do, right? But then this is something that when I've got some free time or I need to unwind and just take a break from thinking about wrestling in school, I can think about that. And it's something... It's like fun. You know I mean? It's like, oh, we're making a shirt, you know, doing a shoe, doing a this, doing a that. Like, It's something cool you can kind of think about, you know?
0: Yeah. And I don't think people realize that, especially when you're aligned with the right people, it's not like, like if you're in a deal with somebody that's trying to monopolize your time or take advantage of you, then it can become very negative very quick where they're like hounding you like, hey, I need you to put this post out right now and you don't want to, that's something different. You've obviously found a good groove with being involved with people who you jive really well with. And I saw that this weekend with the Spartan Nationals thing. You know, you and Carr and Kylie, like you guys all are are having fun and it it feels organic. It doesn't feel like, obviously Spartan's a sponsor of yours and you're doing certain things of obligation, but it looks organic. Do you have these conversations often with them about what you want to do, what you don't want to do?
1: Yeah. So the one thing that I really appreciate about the guys at Spartan is like, they're like, tell us no. I don't know. We like their whole thing is they're like, we're, we want guys who want to be a part of what we're doing. And they want guys who like, like they're saying, like, we don't want you to advertise because we're paying you. We want you to advertise because you're like proud of it.
0: Yep.
1: So like, if we do, like we did those, those shirts, like have some nuts or whatever. And like, obviously, at the end of the day, like it's making me money. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's a really cool shirt and I think it's funny. And I like the little squirrel that they made. So it's like, I try, I've tried to make it as genuine as I can not be like a walking billboard. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. And I so think it, that's also sustainable.
1: Yeah. Because then it's not like effort. It's just, it just gives me more opportunities to kind of, because that's what people talk about, right? Is like your social media is like, oh, well, you got to let people know who you are. Like, that's always what I would hear people say. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. I like <laughs> wrestling. I like wrestling and thinking about wrestling and watching TV. Like It's very, you know what I mean? But yeah. now I kind of get it. It's like, well, I like this world. I think it's funny. Like, here you go. Or, like, oh, you know, what are you doing on spring break while well, I was training in a bunch of different places and then ended up in Florida for the last little bit of it. Like little things like that. So if anything, kind of just gives me an opportunity to, have something other than just like here's pictures of me wrestling or it just gives me something to occupy my time with other than go, 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 Because I've been told I need to every once in a while, chill out. (laughs) Yeah,
0: It's always good. I was just telling a buddy of mine who's a workaholic entrepreneur, like, dude, stop over tonight, have a glass of wine, like chill by the fire for 10 minutes and just have that little bit of disconnect. It doesn't have to be much. It makes a world of a difference. Speaking of Florida, I did see you were training with Juan Archuleta. How was that for you? He's awesome.
1: I mean, he's he's shockingly dedicated to what he's doing. He works, he works really hard. He works really, really hard. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot from him and just the other guys I got to be around when I was out there. And it was, it was awesome just getting to train with him. And it was cool. It was cool getting to see, like, what fighters do. You know what I mean? Because I think that stuff's super cool. But, I mean, just the whole – he's awesome. I can't—I couldn't say enough good things about him. Was,
0: Is it was, more you helping him with wrestling? Is it you kind of watching the MMA aspect? Like, what's the dynamic like?
1: So, hes he's got a fight coming up next weekend for the Bellator belt. And, I guess, fighting a guy who got some pretty good wrestling. And I have been – Doing similar training to what he has been doing through Frank Perelli, who's our RTC coach, he's been putting me through. Stuff. So, and Frank and Juan know each other well. So Juan was like, "Hey, I want to bring in a guy. Can help me wrestle, get ready for this fight because Juan wrestled in college, wrestled at Purdue. Yep. But he was like, "I want to bring in someone who like, re- oh, sorry. He's like, I want to bring somebody in who is an active wrestler, someone who can give me a wrestling feel yep. and, and reach out to people." To my understanding, and Frank was like, "Well, we got it." Yanni, if you want to send him out there, it's a spring break, you know, this week. So that's right around the time he'd be getting ready. And he's like, Yeah, that'd be perfect. So I was out there for about a week, just kind of doing what he did and following around, learning from him. So that was awesome.
0: Does it make you itch towards doing MMA? Like I love as soon as any wrestler posts a photo training with a fighter, it's instantly MM like, Yanni MMA question mark, question mark. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean
1: like I say all the time, like, it'd be so cool to fight one time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and punch in the face really hard, but you're, it's, you're a different kind of dude. And for me, I have a really high level of appreciation for wrestling. Yeah. And a lot of things that I want to do in wrestling. And I feel like I'd be cutting my career short if I had left wrestling and gone to fighting because that meant I could still probably be wrestling.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, let, let's talk a little bit I want to talk about what's coming up on the senior level I do also want to talk about the freestyle folk style thing let's talk about that for a few minutes so for context tell people what you tweeted yesterday the backgrounds so I'm in
1: a I'm in a class in the labor relations college I'm not in that school but you can take classes in different colleges around so I'm taking a labor relations class called advocacy and debate and it's it's a so we're getting assignments, you know, couple, you know, one thing a week we have to debate. We, we've done some papers, we had some exams or whatever. And the guy was like, all right, for your assignments do the Wednesday after spring break. in like, uh. And he's like, no, no, no. So all we had to do it, we, we had to stay under two pages. So we had to be very concise, but we had to pick anything that we could debate about. And we had to write out the problem with the current model. Um, Cause for that problem, our proposed answer, and then net benefit, right? And we had to fit that under two pages with a little conclusion.
0: There's no way you did so, that.
1: <laughs> I'm I, I had I'm like, all right, you're <laughs> so explaining to somebody who has no idea what wrestling is and say the very simplest things possible. Yeah. So I, I cut it as short as I could, but I was like, man, I can't believe I'm writing a paper about wrestling in my junior year of college. <laughs> In- and then people were instantly going to battle, like, oh, folk style is better, freestyles is better. What about Greco? Like, blah, blah, blah. like, everything, you know
0: what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, we talk about a lot in this podcast, folk style or freestyle. And one of the things we were texting about that I think people always get hung up on is they point to the NCAA tournament and they say there's nothing like it. And I say, I agree. And then they say there's 18,000 fans all screaming. All ha- There's and I agree. It is an amazing event. And the pro folk style people, the Shane Sparks, I know he's listening. He's probably on a <laughs> bike right now. He's going to flip out and call me after this. The <laughs> reason the NCAA tournament is so, what it is is because of the college fan base. The yes. fan bases are absolutely bananas and they don't care Yes, there's some exciting aspects to folk style wrestling. But at the same time, it's the fan base that when a new kid comes into Cornell, comes into Penn State, comes into Iowa, the fans continue to go to NCAAs. Jason Nickel goes to NCAAs every year. Bo hasn't wrestled in, what, four years? Like, the fans of the sport, of the school, continue to go. Yeah,
1: I mean... I think about my, uh, my girlfriend. She's, she just graduated from Cornell. Like, she did not know anything really about wrestling. We've been dating for a while, so now she gets it. But we started dating kind of during my years off. So, like, this was her first year actually watching Folk Style. Yep. She hates which I love. She hated it. But she hates that tournament. And she's like, that was really cool. And that's my point. That production that the NCAA tournament does is awesome, it's yep. the coolest tournament in the world. I I don't know. I've been I've wrestled the world championships. So I've been in the Olympic games. The, the and I get that it's COVID, right? So it's limited attendance or whatever. But like the NCAA tournaments, a crazy, crazy, crazy tournament. If you had that many fans and had paint drying on in the middle of the mat, people would find a way to make it exciting.
0: Yep. You also have a season aspect to it. There's the there's Story. the aspect right. In I, I was breaking Josiah's balls from Fanco because. You know, he's very good at, at doing some of the things I do, which is just trying to to k- build additional hype, tell some of the stories. And he's on press row. And one of the graphics he put out before your match was um, before your finals was that Love It took you to OT. And he's like, this is what happened last time. It was the only time Yanni was taken to OT this year. Now they're wrestling again. And I went up to him afterwards. I kind of like bumped him like, yeah, how'd that worked out. <laughs> like, but I get what he's doing. He's telling the storyline from what you happened. On it. And it's what happened earlier in the season. And that when you have like RBY and DeSanto go at it again for the third time in the season. And you have the schools like that's a major thing. The team race is a major fan focus and you don't have that at, you're not going to have that at the open at the Olympic trials at the world team trials. Like you have like tight mercury and sun kids and stuff, but that's not, but that's not a college fan base.
1: Exactly. And the way I think about it is like, if I am, if I'm leaving on for the NCAA tournament and five kids stop me in the hallway and they're like, Hey, we want to watch you guys wrestle. I can be like, if you put on the TV at any time between these hours, there'll probably be someone from Cornell out there. Yep. And then all of those Cornell fans are like, hey, Cornell guy's on ESPN, let's watch it. I know because people are like, wait, are you the guy from Cornell? Like, they're not, they're, a lot of those fans aren't Yanni fans or Gable fans or whatever. I mean, a lot of them are, but equally as many are just Iowa fans, Penn State fans. Like, they have no, they have no horse in the race other than their university. And I feel like that's what makes the NCAA tournament so crazy is, like, it's a joke. Like, everyone's talking against Iowa because the fans are telling you. It's like, they like people love where they went to school or, or what school they associate with. And mm-hmm. that brings so much energy to the tournament. And then you add in the storylines from the year, you add in, a, you know, the camera lights, the sounds, the whole, you know, Brian has on the mic, the whole deal it makes it crazy. Right.
0: Yep. And I don't think people realize too, that with the NCAA tournament, you're tracking these guys that, you know, a lot of the discussion of the past week, was how boring the Masters was this year. Because if you tune in on Sunday to the back nine, it it was over. Scheffler won by a million. And like he four putted and and he still won by a bunch. That's not exciting. When you, for the Olympic trials, the world team trials, or even the open, you have to have such an appreciation for wrestling itself because there's no storylines. Like if you look at 70 or 79 kilos at the open, a lot of great guys wrestling but there's not a lot of storylines to it or there's not like you can't say like I'm a Penn state fan. So if I'm watching NCAAs next year, I can't wait for rootings for to root for some of these young kids that I don't follow one bit right now.
1: <laughs> and that's what I mean. And you wouldn't be watching those guys if they weren't going to Penn state the same way there's, you know, a bunch of Cornell people suddenly love Meyer Shapiro, Right. Yep. because he's coming here. And otherwise, you know, maybe 10% of those guys are watching the high school, you know, the junior or cadet division at the U.S. Open. But now they're like, well, we got this kid who might make the team. Let's watch it. And that's the, the NCA tournament is like the final evolution of that thought process.
0: Correct. And, and to kind of bring this full circle, because it kind of went off on a tangent there on schools. I don't think if you swap out folk style for freestyle, number one, viewership does not go down one bit. And it seems like the more I've had, I don't know, 100 wrestlers on this podcast, I think maybe two have said they like folk style more than freestyle. If you're asking the wrestlers what they like, and they all say freestyle more than folk style, I mean, if, I feel like that's the answer. If kids are more passionate about one, it seems like there's more room for growth.
1: Yeah, I mean, my thing is just I feel like folk style is catered towards those guys who are, strong or it's it it promotes like strength conditioning and toughness which are all awesome they're super valuable but that kind of sounds like powerlifting. yep i feel like freestyle promotes like athleticism skill just because there's a lot more ways to get punished on a mistake folk style like i can roll around on your back you can get exposed i can get slammed on the top of my head but if we scoot out of bounds after nothing happens little stuff yep. like that but i feel like with freestyle if you make a mistake it's very easy to get capitalized on so it incentivizes higher skill level of wrestling and the conditioning is the same because you see guys gas guys out in freestyle all the time
0: yeah
1: it's just in folk style there's different ways to do it because of the addition of mat wrestling but I could, I could, I could do five hours talking about. That's something.
0: okay. That's what people are tuning in to listen.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can, even like another thing for me is people don't find Matt Wrestling. Now we'll phrase it in a way that we're talking about building a sport. In my opinion, yep. people find Matt wrestling interesting. Yep. It's not visually appealing. People love Matt returns because yep. you're picking my up and slamming them. But that's the same thing as a takedown. That's the same thing as a, you know, as a lift in Greco or a four-point throw from your feet, right? So I just think freestyle has a greater room for excitement. And people bring up, well, what about super fast tech falls? Good. Because then we can get on to the next match instead of watching one guy accumulate seven minutes of riding tech.
0: Yeah. And I think for the, the mat wrestling people, no matter what, I do think it's beneficial to consolidate to one style. And if you want to keep Greco's a second style, whatever, it's a different conversation. But I think if you consolidated folk style and freestyle to one style, no matter which style you pick, you'd give up something that's good from the other. It's not that folk style is hundred percent bad. And that's what some of the folk style people will say. Like, well, I love Matt Wrestling. Well, I love well, you can give something up because something else is better.
1: Yeah, it's give and take. And Another thing is like our goal as a, maybe not, but you would think as a country, our goal is to win more world titles, more Olympic titles, more team titles, win more at the Olympic games. So we should be practicing the sport that's going to make us do that. And like, like folk style has some things that I, I wish freestyle would adopt. Like I like the, I mean, I'm a criteria guy, but I think fans understand it's an easier thing to understand. High scored. We watch so much. Like from a fan perspective, I think overtime is easier to understand. I personally like criteria, but I, I'm willing to fold on that one. <laughs> but I think style. Like people, I, I the one I always hear is like, "Well, freestyle matches are boring too." Well, I'm like, "Well, yeah, but now you're just getting upset with wrestlers not like attacking. It's not like the rules allow for boring wrestling." Yeah. The problem with freestyle or with folk style. And you see it every once in a while, like, Darmstadt, Ben Darmstadt on our team. He's a nightmare on top. If he takes down in in the first minute of the the first period, he's going to ride you. So then it's like the bottom guy is not even thinking about escaping. He's just thinking about not getting turned. And a good guy, probably not going to turn him, right? They're really good. And then the second period takes top. Now it's two more minutes of Darmstadt trying to maul some guy. And he's doing a lot of really good stuff. But the problem is someone who has no idea what wrestling looks like. They're like all to them. All they're seeing is one guy kind of punching another guy while he's trying to rip his arm off. It's not as dynamic. Yeah. But, but when Darmstadt like rips the power, half and pins a guy. People love that. Right. But that's because they like, like the, the, the finality of it. It's like, well, we got a match over.
0: Yeah. And even, you know, if that, if if certain things that are, like you said, a matte return, it, let's just say that's a six out of 10. Well, if the style was freestyle, there would still be exciting things that might be an eight out of 10. And my wife was kind of like the same as your girlfriend. She started watching freestyle first because she really started becoming a fan kind of during COVID too, where there wasn't a lot of folk style. And when we went back to start watching folk style, she's like kind of scratching her head at certain things. Like, well, why are they doing that? Like freestyle's 100% better.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think there's a lot of rules in freestyle remote action. The Shot clock, the concept of a push-out so you, you can't run away from me. Um, the one that's craziest to me is, like, I can double-leg you really hard and slam you on the top of your head, but if I don't drag my feet after, I don't get any points for it. I understand there has to be a level of control, right? We can't just go running guys out the door. <laughs> but you want to incentivize big-move things. Like, that's what people like. So, yeah. like, if even, even if I land drop a guy, feet fly through the air, crazy, throw, and the guy kind of just, like, rolls off after, it's no points. So then it's like, well, what am I even doing this for? Yeah. I'm not going. I'd rather just, you know, scramble around, dive the feet, leg pass, and kind of squeeze out a takedown. Talking about effort to point ratio. But in freestyle, if I had a really explosive move, I'm probably going to four the guy. Not just me, anybody. You're probably going to four the guy. And that is – it's scoring volume, right? So it's points on the board and it's drawing in fans. You can be like, wow, look at what this guy did. You know what I mean? So I think for the sake of promoting the sport, I think freestyle is a better product. That's a better way to say what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, and I think it was a great decision that women's wrestling in college is freestyle. Yeah. I think that was a great decision. Because
1: they want to win the
0: world championships.
1: That's what those little girls are thinking about. So it's like, well, let's get them there. Yeah, You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I think too, It's funny when you're watching folk style wrestling, there's so many comments you'll hear from people like that would have been two in freestyle. That would have been two in freestyle, but you don't hear that vice versa. You never hear that when someone's watching freestyle, like, Oh, in folk style, that would have been a point. It's only when you're watching folk style, you say in freestyle, that would have been two, that would have been four or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: yeah. And I just think the, the role set in freestyle because of the four-pointer, right, It's you're encouraging those. And folk style, right, they have feet to the back. But the problem is, in freestyle, if I just throw you off the ground, I'm probably going to score, regardless of what happens after the fact. And, you know, even like the concept of a counter. So in freestyle, if I step in, let's say I go inside trip, and I kind of just fall to my back like it's a failed attempt, it's just two because you countered my move which for me is the same as getting taken down. It's not like, like in folk style, if I try something like that and go to my back at six points, it's a huge deficit to find myself in. And especially because you got to take the guy down and cut him, unless you're a freak on top, they're one point takedowns. But with freestyle, because of how quickly you can put points up in both directions, there's a lot of comeback and there's a lot of, there's a lot of explosive like, wow, that guy just scored that many points in a second. So I think the best way to explain what I'm trying to say is that the free, freestyles are more dynamic. I keep, I'm kind of saying the same things over and over, but to me, freestyle is very dynamic. It's a very diverse sport. You're introducing all of these new skills that don't really do anything for you in folk style. Whereas all of your folk style skills, except for a leg pass where you roll around on your back for a couple of seconds before you get a takedown, you can do all those skills. You can, you can put in legs in parterre. You can run a power half or whatever. You can do all those things. So it's this. most of the skills translate over. But in freestyle, now there's all these new skills that you're exposing to.
0: What's your take on the people who say one of the arguments against freestyle in women's wrestling in college is let's say you have a program like Iowa and the guys are doing folk style and the women are doing freestyle and they say it confuses the fans. There's two different rule sets.
1: That's why I'd, I'd like to make it all freestyle. <laughs> um but part of the thing too for the women especially because it's growing so quickly is a lot of those girls wrestle freestyle when they're little like they're going to the 10 and under division at the hilton you know the hilton open they're going to wrestle folk style but there's not a lot of folk style women's tournaments it's all freestyle like the you know i mean and the freestyle when you get to college and it trickles down that's a perfect example right their NCA, their equivalent of the NCA tournament is freestyle. So it's trickled down where most women's wrestling tournaments are freestyle. So a similar thing would happen, right? Because for kids, not everyone feels this way, but their goal. I'm not going to say that because it's more people have actually told me they would rather win the NCA tournament than become a world champion. Yeah.
0: I think that's because of the fans, the audience.
1: Yeah. And it's just kind of, it's what you get exposed to. It's on ESPN, right? It, it gets, yep. So, because of that, if you if tomorrow the NCA was like, "Hey, we're making um, the NCA tournament freestyle from now on," you would see all of these freestyle tournaments pop up. You would see tournaments like Super Thirty Two flipping a freestyle, yeah. because kids want to get good at what they want to achieve. Like, if my goal is to achieve the, if I, my goal is to become an NCA champion, I'm going to wrestle as many tournaments that are going to get me to that point. Right? So, like for me, why I. Like freestyle so much just because my goals are, you know, to do re- to succeed at the Olympic Games, world championships. Yeah. So because of that, I do as much freestyle as I can. Right. And it's the same thought process. It would trickle down to the kids, in my opinion.
0: If you became a coach when you were all done competing, in let's say 10 years, would you try to start advocating to actually change folks how to freestyle?
1: If I was like a college wrestling coach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're moving pebbles, right? To move yeah. A mountain. Yeah, I just, I think I'm, I'm a huge supporter of it. And obviously, obviously, selfishly, I like it better. But even aside from that, I think it's a better way to promote the sport. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I would. I would. I would advocate for it. I wouldn't go out of my way to start world war three over it but <laughs> every opportunity I I would promote it if I could. I think it's I think it's just a substantially better promotion of the sport.
0: Yeah I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you and there's obviously a lot of takes those people aren't on here like Shane to I told Shane what time we were recording. I told I
1: was live stream so people could get on here and challenge me.
0: yeah that 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 might have to be a show like just literally answering questions the problem with that and why i don't do more live shows too is i feel like questions when you're getting typed to they lack context because it's hard sometimes to get out a whole question during a live show and it's just like you rattle off like six words versus being able to speak like it would be cool to do a call in question show
1: yeah honestly maybe maybe I should do that. Get a little podcast going and let people call in and tell me I suck for liking freestyle.
0: <laughs> I actually had a tweet that I typed out last night that I never end up sending because I, I got distracted. I got a phone call or something. But my question was going to be, and I guess I'll ask you, my question was going to be, what senior level athlete do you think would have the best podcast? My answer would be if, if college kids were included, I'd put you as one of the top, and I think Gilman would have an amazing podcast. Gilman does know a lot of stuff. And Gilman so himself. And he's got, like, I love talking to that kid. I think if he had a podcast and the guests he'd get would be amazing.
1: Yeah, because he's, uh, he's kind of quiet, you know, when you meet him, but you get to know him, and he becomes very talkative. He, can't, he has a lot of cool perspectives on stuff. So yeah, I, th- I think Gilman would actually be cool. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of that. But now that you say it, I definitely you.
0: Well, I, I selfishly started like going back through all my guests because it's not even just like personality. It's who can carry a conversation for an hour who could like, and I think, I think your problem, if you had one, would be trying to cut it down to an hour from like six. (laughs) (laughs) So who do you think would be the best? Like, who is a wrestler that if they had a podcast, you'd have to tune in?
1: Oh, man. Like, it, it would depend. Like, I think if you could get Kyle and David Taylor on a podcast, they would say some great, like, very interesting things, which would be yeah. cool to listen to. I think they would be like an informative podcast. Like, they would be like, look at, here's all these things that we found, and da da da. Yeah. Uh, but like, an entertaining one, like David Carr, I feel like would be a really entertaining podcast guy. He's super up, high. Yeah. Yeah. And he would be the kind of guy who would, like, have all these crazy things going on. I feel like Gable, after doing the NCAA press conference with Gable this year, Gable would be really good at it. Like, I remember, like, he's doing it, and, you know, they're asking us, like, what are your goals for this week? And they ask all the guys, and we're like, oh, you know, we're going to wrestle our hardest. We win. Hopefully we win, blah, blah, blah. And it gets to Gable, and he's like, hey, we're all here to dominate. These guys won't say it. I'm going to say it. We're here to,
0: we're here to dominate. That's it. Yeah, and he- I was like, All right. The people, it's funny you mentioned Gable and Carr because they're two people who anytime somebody asks me, like I get friends who get invited to a podcast or whatever, and they're asking me my advice. And I'm like, just be yourself and have a conversation. Don't sit there like you're interviewing or being interviewed. Even if you think you're talking too much as the host or whatever the case may be, like people want to hear a conversation. They don't want to hear an interview. Most people want to hear a conversation and Carr and Gable are both very good at when they hop on a podcast, they've both been on here a number of times and they jump right into a conversation. It's not just sit back and ask me a question. Yeah. I, yeah.
1: Like, I don't know if you watch like the podcast that everyone knows about, like Joe Rogan, it kind of yeah. feels like you're getting in on his conversation with another guy.
0: Yeah. Him and Burroughs was like the most amazing podcast. Cause Jordan can yeah. talk to anybody for, Three, four hours. Yeah. All right. So freestyle's coming up. What what's the game plan? You made the 2021 world team. I know you're obviously competing freestyle this year. Do you know exactly where you're competing, what you're doing?
1: Um there's some um, tentative things, right? But the big one obviously is the world team trials. I, I'm not going to the Pan Am Championships clearly um you know there might be some small stuff between now and then but the next big thing 100 percent, right circle on the calendar is that may 21 to 23 weekend so that's i mean yeah i get that's a boring Did, answer
0: i'm kind but. of surprised you're not going to the open only because i know how obsessed you are with wrestling and i know that like if you if you can wrestle a match you will
1: <laughs> yes yeah, big on trying to you know, control what I'm doing. So my soft, I mean, for one, I needed to qualify in 2019, but on top of all, um, you know, I needed to get that experience. Like I had never wrestled somebody as good as Jordan Oliver or Frank Mm -hmm. in a real match before I wrestled guys in the room, but now it's not like it's reversed, but it's like, I understand exactly what I need to do. And I know who not, I don't, I don't know who I'm going to wrestle, but I know that. I know the characters, right? I know what I need to do. So I feel like our my coach is really big with me this year. was like, just focus on, we, there's certain things I'm working on with my skill, my diet, conditioning, technique, everything, right? They're Just keep, keep focused on those. They're going to get guys in the room for me. I'm going to go places and train and compete. So I'm going to have those opportunities to get different feels, but going to the open, if anything, I'm cutting weight and weighing in and taking away from my training that could be more valuable if I focused on certain things that are going to get me where I need to be. That's kind of a boring answer, but no, you know, it makes I-
0: sense though. It's, it's always an interesting perspective because you you and I think everybody's different with what they're working on. I know there's some guys that want to go because they're working on something and maybe they don't have enough guys. They want to just go get those matches in like you, like in 2019 where you needed to go get those matches in. Um, are you going out there? I know your brother's wrestling. He's wrestling 57, right?
1: Yeah. Which is so? I mean, it's not crazy to me, but it's just it's crazy, crazy to me. <laughs> Man, he's old, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting phone calls from everyone. Um, yeah, it's crazy because he he's old. He's old. You know what I mean? And I <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't. I didn't plan on being out there, but I'm sure I'll be glued to my phone all weekend watching. Between we got some senior level guys trying to make the team. We've got some really good young guys who are kind of testing the waters right so i i will have a lot of good things to watch but again the whole point of me not going right was to take advantage of the opportunity i have to train so it's like going if i'm going i'm wrestling i'm never gonna like be at a tournament not wrestling yeah
0: that makes sense um speaking of exciting guys news obviously broke yesterday meyer shapiro is committed to cornell how excited were you for that
1: No, I mean he's. uh, I've been around him. I've gotten to know him a little bit, and he's like the right kind of guy, in my opinion, for what we do here. He's very, very focused. You can tell he's very skill oriented. Very willing to learn. Hyper competitive. Um, Like I've wrestled with him, and I I don't know, beat him, and he was like it ruined the day. Dude, I suck. I'm so bad. Like that's awesome. Cause that's a guy who's like not backing down to anybody. You know what I mean? He's yep. a junior in high school. I don't even know if he turned 18 yet.
0: Well, and he said yeah. that. Willie put out a 10-minute interview today with him. And he said, like when I went to Cornell, like I felt like the guys around me, they they walk in the room with that same attitude and mentality that I want to be when I'm there. Like that's their mindset is what I want to be. Their attitude is what I want. Like, and I'm like, okay, so this guy's like Yanni. Like this there's that same kind of Um, there's that's the culture he was looking for. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I obviously everyone's got crazy expectations for him, right? But I just I think he's gonna do really well. He's got the right approach to it. He he's very focused on the skill, he's very like I same things I said, right? But you know, obviously I this is the right environment in my in my opinion, (laughs) you know. But I uh and it'll be cool because that'll his first year will probably be my first year out of college. So I'll be a little player coach kind of deal, which yeah. will be cool. I realized these classes coming in are the first classes like this year's juniors. And some of this, some of this year's seniors, if they're going to take a red shirt are guys that I'm not going to be on the team. with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll be cool. I'm kind of playing that player coach role with these guys and getting to know them in a different way. You know what I mean? If, if I had a kid on a recruiting trip, you know, three years ago, I probably would have tried to get to know him. Like, all right? I'm gonna. This guy's gonna be like my teammate in the future. But now it's like, I might be this kid's coach. <laughs> let me get to know him, and see what he's like.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of that, like my final topic here, and I'll let you go. I know you got to go train in a few minutes. Yeah. First of all, have you been offered an NIL bag yet from another school? Has anybody tried to poach you? No, I'm not a sellout.
1: <laughs> I, that thing. I don't want to call people sellouts. That's not fair. But. <laughs> there's certain guys who you could definitely pay to leave. And there's certain guys who you couldn't pay to leave. You know what I mean? But I, I don't blame the kids that much. Cause it's like, all right, you know, I'm tight for money. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working summer jobs so I can get through and then bang, here comes, you know, insert college coach's name here, offering me, six figures a year well suddenly that seems like a great school to me you know what i mean but like that can't be i don't know that can't be legal right
0: no it's definitely not legal you're not you're not allowed to contact a student athlete outside of the transfer portal yeah right you're just not allowed to but i think what people are doing is and i think where people are going to get caught and mess up is you kind of see this where like let's say in a relationship, a guy or a girl cheats on somebody, a lot of times they're approached because they look like they're in a place of weakness or vulnerability. And the people who have a super, super solid relationship, you don't see, first of all, they're not, let's say, going out. So they're not in opportunities where they could fall into something. I think with wrestlers and athletes, what's happening is if somebody looks vulnerable, if somebody looks weak, they're definitely more prone to be like, Hey, are you not happy? Would you maybe want to come here? And the guys that they know, hey, these guys are just not going anywhere. Are going to get less offers because they know you're as diehard for a school as anybody I know. Yeah. I don't think people are going to reach out to you, not because almost every school in the country would want to have you, because they know this probably ain't happen. Move on to the next guy.
1: Yeah, I mean it's the same deal. Like just to use someone other than me, like. I can't imagine Dayton Fix is getting calls to leave Oklahoma State.
0: Yep, you know, I agree with that.
1: And and there's there's guy there's other guys like that, right? But the, that he was just like the first guy that came to mind. Like he's the most Oklahoma State guy. Yep. Met before. I, I do. Yeah, I, I don't do. know. I just think it's shady shady business. Because then the other thing is like, all right, I don't, I'm trying not to name names, but let's say let's say I got offered. 100 grand a year, 200 grand a year to go to Penn State. Take it. But Roman, <laughs> but Roman Bravo Young, who's right, I'm a three time champ. He's a two time champ. He's not getting paid because no one's trying to poach him because maybe they don't think he's going to leave, hypothetically, right? Yep. Now he's like, well, what the heck? This guy's taking 100 grand a year. I'm getting nothing. I'm a two time NCAA champ. I'm leaving. You know but,
0: what I mean? And I can tell you that's already but, happening. I'm
1: that I just named the first guy that came to mind, but you know what I mean. It starts to get shifty like that.
0: And I, yeah, it, it's already happening with athletes where somebody is going to get a deal, and I'm even hearing, and this could be complete speculation. Student X gets an offer. So let's say you get an offer for a hundred thousand, and let's say you go to Gray and you say, "Dude, they're giving me a hundred grand. I kind of want to take it." And Gray says, I'll get you 80,000 from a booster if you stay here and you stay there. And now Vito goes to Gray and says, All right, maybe I'm not worth 80,000, but can I get 40,000? Now what? You have a whole roster of kids that's like salary. <laughs>
1: that's what I mean, then it's like, I feel like if they don't get a handle on this, college coaches are going to start being, Well, at Cornell, we give our national champs this much a year and we give for all Americans this much a year. And then someone's going to be, Well, At Iowa, we give our chances because like, I don't know. You can't just have like an art, like it, all things eventually move towards equilibrium, right? If you don't handle it, the coaches will find their own way of like navigating this in a way where everybody's going to do it. But it's just a matter of like how shady people are like the NCA really is letting, is willing to let people get, because it can get very shady and it, like, it sounds
0: like I'm bad people, but I don't Listen, I've already said, I don't blame the kids for taking money. If I'm that young, like when I was 18 years old, I was literally living out of my car to fathom getting $100,000, $150,000. That is, I would take it and run. It, I, like, I was literally living on a car at that age. I like, I can't fault that. Now, if it's somebody like you and you're very loyal and you wouldn't take the money. Great. Like, I'm not saying everybody offered a a bag should take one. I just understand if they take it, why they take it.
1: Yeah, and my thing, even like the coaches, my thing is like, I'm assuming they're not breaking the rules because of how public this information is, right? Like, whatever. We, We know what we're talking about. It's very public information. So I'm assuming that they found some way to like navigate the rules which is not shocking to me because I've spoken with our compliance officer. Cause I'm like, Hey, like right when this all happened in July, yeah. I'm like, what can, I do? what can I do? And she's like, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it took, so I feel like, and that, and our lady's on top of it, like now she's gotten understanding, but there's even still things where if I asked her a question, this happened maybe a month or two ago, I asked like, Hey, what's the rules behind this? And she's like, Oh, don't sign that yet. Let me check. Like she didn't, and like yeah. it's just there's there's so many things that got introduced just by being like athletes can get paid now that I think in general, the universities fell behind and they didn't understand like the level of the level that it was going to get to. Yeah. So because of that, I'm sure there's a lot of opportunities to like finagle the system yeah. and we're watching the, the finagling unfold. Right. So I think either they got to put some more clarification or on those rules or add a couple of rules or they just got to like, like coaches buy kids and it's going to turn into a professional college wrestling.
0: Yeah. And it's nuts because I, I think some coaches are aware of what's going on, but are going to p- plead ignorance. Like, well, I can't control that guy or whatever. I think that, I think other coaches are taking accountability and saying if it happens here, I should be the one to know about it, whatever. And I think some coaches are definitely going to start playing within the rule set that's being given, where as of now, it sounds like a college coach can seek out deals for their athletes. And if that rule is in place, then that's all you need. You know what's crazy?
1: This is crazy. Mike Gray, our coach. Yeah that he is not allowed to like he's not allowed to bargain on my behalf okay so for example when i was signing with spartan and i had people like Brutus and whoever else reaching out to me i was like mike like can you talk to these guys and he's like i i'm not allowed to he's like technically i'm not even allowed to give you advice the way that the rules are written interesting so but phone, like phone calls don't get recorded. Like in-person meetings don't get recorded. If it's just you and me talking at lunch, like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: So there's plenty of ways that like that rule, I'm sure it's like, very easily get like pushed under the rug. But like, when I, I remember like when I was talking to Spartan, like I asked Mike for help and he's like, I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell you really. And we had to talk to Amy Foster's our compliance. And she was like, yeah, like coaches can't be, Affiliated with contracts, like it, that's it's between the athlete and whoever he hires. If you hire a lawyer or whatever, and the company, and it's I just, think they're going to avoid this. But the problem is, it's really hard. Like it's hard to. There's nothing stopping you know. I'm going to name a different school. There's nothing stopping you know Pat Popolizio with meet for, with. There's nothing stopping a guy like that from meeting with their biggest donor at lunch, talking about a kid they find is very interesting. And then, like, they walk away, and then suddenly that kid gets up. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that population would do that. I'm just trying to, like, continue to name different coaches. But my point is it's very, I don't know, it's very gray area.
0: You know what I mean? It is. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, right. But I do think, too, like, if I'm in your shoes or if I'm in, you know, if I'm in if I'm in Roman Bravo Young's shoes and Cal's my coach, Keith's my coach, I'm going to want to say, Coach, what do you think about this? I obviously trust you with so much to exclude them from something that's such a critical component to it. The, it intertwines with it.
1: Some of my contracts, like the ones with Spartan, are going through the Olympic trials of 2024. So it's like it's a, it's a big decision, right? And yeah, I mean, technically, they're supposed to stay out of it.
0: Now, I heard that contracts can only go through your eligibility. Can they extend through past your? Academic eligibility?
1: So they can only, they can because my contract is not affiliated with the university. Okay. So like, I'm not getting paid Yanni Hall as Cornell wrestler. It's just Yanni Diak, And that's the point with NAL NIL things. It's like, well, they're just paying me as a person, regardless of my status at Cornell. Got now, it. if it was a contract that was somehow written where it's like, I need to be wearing blank during the wrestling season. Then I hat, or I have to be posting this many times during the rest of the season. Well, so then, then it probably is written to the end of my eligibility, right? Because once I'm out of eligibility, what am I gonna, what am I gonna do?
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a crazy world, man. It, it really is watching it, and then you know, talking about there was so much last week after Real goes to Iowa. And then all these other names, I'm getting wrestlers and coaches calling me with all these deals. And now it's been pretty quiet the last week because so much happened so quick. And I think everybody took a step back with how public it became and said, well, like, wow, yeah, we got to rethink how we go about this. So because well, yeah. in our,
1: gen- in our generation, like there's no such thing as privacy anymore. I can't do something without the whole world knowing it.
0: You know what I, know. I mean? Well, it doesn't help to have a hundred thousand followers. Like that's a lot of people to see stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. And that's that's the uh, that's the biggest issue. If you ask me, it's like, well, it's not an issue. It's the only thing keeping it from getting in my opinion completely insane is that people find things out really quickly. If we were doing something shady, or Penn State, or whoever was doing something shady, people would hear about it. So, I'm sure in the back of every coach's head, they're like, man, I'd love to pay this kid to come here, but I really do not want to get caught paying this kid to come. You know what I mean?
0: And I'm sure it's only been a couple of weeks since a lot of this conversation happened. And like I said, I'm sure people are taking a step back now and saying, because like you said, a lunch conversation isn't recorded. This conversation isn't recorded. And I was talking to a buddy yesterday. And I gave him an example. I said, here's a perfect example of how stuff isn't traced. If I tell my wife to go to lunch with Yanni's mom, and she talks about bash solutions and wanting Yanni to go to Penn State, and Yanni's mom goes, talks to Yanni. None of that's traced. None of that's like...
1: You're and your wife, your wife and her friend, and her friend and her son. Right. It's wild. And it's like... (laughs) And and none... Somewhere some coach is gonna watch this and be like, you know, that's a good idea.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to give people ideas on how to successfully do this. I mean, I'm a creative for a living, but I mean it's happening.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like because the rules were changing. Like even, you know, I talked to my compliance officer when she said the thing like Mike, and this is where I don't even know the rules anymore. When in July, Mike couldn't help me. And you know, I couldn't have an agent. And in March, I, I can have an agent now. She's like, well, the rules were reinterpreted and that stuff's okay. You're allowed to have representation, blah, 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 blah. So the other thing, too, is maybe at Cornell, there's a rule that's interpreted this way. And at Penn State, yeah. it's taken this way. And at Ohio State, it's taken this way.
0: Yeah, and I'm already hearing too, like the state laws, like what New York allows versus what Pennsylvania allows, and what even at a state level, you have a school level, you have a state level. There's so many different factors in play there.
1: Yeah, and I, it's just like, I don't know. Our Mike has made it very clear. Like every time I get a contract, I got it. My compliance officer probably hates me. Every time anyone sends me anything, if I'm even thinking about signing it, it goes right to her and I'm like, hey, what are the rules of this? Can I do it? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, there's been times where I've been telling people, like, I'm like, hey, I can't sign your contract unless you take blank off. And like, well, we're not willing to do that. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think that everybody, and that's the wrestlers, the coaches, you know, the schools are kind of learning as it's happening. So there's certain things that, like, maybe now you- this is happening, kids are like, or the schools are going to be like, all right, we got to look at these rules. We can't have that, like.
0: Can you give an example of something you had to take out without it being clear who it was?
1: Like if someone wanted to pay me 10 grand for winning the world championships, they can't do that.
0: So just pay for play basically. Yeah. Cause that's
1: like the last thing that they're holding on to for us as amateur athletes is pay to play. Yeah. So you can't write like a bonus in for me winning technically.
0: Yeah. I'm sure
1: people find their workarounds, right?
0: But- yeah, it, and there's ways because even like there's ways that you can get around it of even if it's not a bonus, it's all of a sudden if you win and now you're more committed, if like there, there's so many ways around things, it, it is interesting. But listen, I know you got to run to practice. I only want to keep you for an hour. So go train. The phone keeps falling over. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> phone calls and people. It's madness,
0: Madness. You're a busy guy, man. I get it. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for coming on. I'm sure I will see you soon. Go big red. All you Cornell fans. Everybody says like, I, I'm like a Penn State fan as it gets, but like I root for my guys in their schools. So like, you're my guy. I'll root for Cornell for you. Like people don't understand that you can like root for goodness. You can root for different people at the same time.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can have friends.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. all right go train i'll catch you later man thanks for taking the time see you buddy and the beat goes on